time to look back at the last Forge FC contest. Simply stunning stuff. And finally, their goal. Here is Match and Review. My word, what a rocket. With Anthony Urcioli on the Forge Audio Network. Hey, Forge fans. Anthony Urcioli here with Jessica Lisi. It is the Match and Review. Forge FC with a 4-0 win at Atletico Ottawa. Their third win in a span of eight days forge now clear at the top of the table jess uh how did you what did you think about forge and the way they came out i feel like at this point i'm repeating myself the last few games i've had the same sort of analysis i thought they were very dominant they really came out right from you know the third minute they were already creating a fantastic opportunity obviously unfortunate that pasillas didn't finish it but the build-up to it between borges and becker was great They created a lot of opportunity on that left flank. Those overloads were the biggest thing that stood out to me. Um, I thought that Borges and uh, Poku did a fantastic job. Their partnership looked like the beginning of a a good partnership. Obviously, moments that they were not on the same page, but in general, I would say the first 15 or so, they were fantastic together. They were able to combine. They were really over to overload that flank and create a lot of chances. So overall, I would say Forge's performance tonight was was great. They, They did everything they could have done. And Borges is used uh, used to playing with Morgan uh, on that left side. So with Poku in there, some chemistry maybe still needing to be built. Yeah, of course. That's that's always the case. But I do think that they did well, um, considering they don't Mm. play together as much. They were on the same page for the most part, both obviously very smart players. Um, Again, there were moments of, you know, miscommunication. And if you want the ball to your feet or into space, but overall, they, they played well off of each other. Okay, and uh, let's go down to head coach and technical director for Forge FC, Bobby Smirniotis. Uh, his thoughts on the match, and specifically, uh, he was asked about Poku. Yeah, I don't know about uh, sending a message. Uh, the one thing we, we wanted to do was make sure we keep on this uh, run that we've been on. We've been playing some very good football, you know, going back probably, I say, 13 games. And within those uh, 13 games, uh, you know, we had some points stolen from us from Ottawa in uh, in Hamilton. And I think the guys had that uh, in the back of their mind. And not so much of a, you know, a revenge for the game, but uh, how we make sure that uh, a dominant performance turns into three points. Uh, so we needed to be a little bit more forceful in the way we were going to the goal and how we made our movements. And that's, I think, the one thing we tweaked today. And we knew that if we can get the first goal, that changes the dynamic of the game and a little bit of the game plan of uh, of our opponent today who's been doing a fantastic job this season. And I think the guys did that. You know, we were up 2-0. Um, that starts opening up the field a little bit more and, and gives us the spaces uh, that sometimes we need to play. But even before that, I thought our guys were excellent. Tactically, they got into the half spaces uh, where we needed to be in what was a little bit of a congested midfield in the way they started uh, with one uh, extra midfielder uh, between McKendry, Bassett and, and Sissoko, a little bit different uh, a look than they usually have. So the guys were excellent in, in getting out there and getting it tactically done. And, you know, it's what we've told them. We've been playing some good football. It's not so much about uh, being at the top of the table, but it's, uh, it's getting these wins now we're up to 10 and uh, we need to keep on adding to that how did you think uh Koisi Poku played tonight yeah very good energetic very good on the ball um he's a young talented uh, individual um that's for sure he and he still has a lot more gears to him um, you see him on the ball uh, when he really decides to go at the players in a 1v1 situation. It's absolutely excellent. We need him to get, do it a little bit more and allow to uh, himself to to grow in confidence. Uh, but these are the games that you grow in confidence. 
You know, he's a he's a 19 year old out there playing, and you know, at this point, what's probably the most important game of, of the season between two guys, and he's done an excellent job, and that's who he's been for us. You know, we've we lost him for a few uh, weeks or close to a month with the uh, under 20 national team. He came back a little bit uh, with an with an injury, so it's taken some time to get into to the lineup. But we have competition in all the spots. Uh, the guys understand that, and everyone takes their opportunities when they come, and that's what you want to see as a coach. So Jess, I mean, a lot of people forget Poku is 19 years old and he, he represented Canada this year, the uh, U23, but being 19, getting big minutes in, in big spots, um, he doesn't look like a 19 year old. That's for sure. I was, I think we were both caught off guard when we saw the, uh, the 19 there. Taryn Campbell had a couple of goals. We were used to seeing Schwanier play that right wing and he had Campbell there, which is always, it's, it's interesting because you see Taron Campbell, you see his size. He's that uh, kind of target man striker that we've been used to, but he had an assist. Uh, he showed a lot of skill uh, assist on that. The first goal that Sissoko scored in the 27th minute, 35th minute Campbell scores his first of the night uh, from Sissoko Campbell, though, showing a lot of skill, not the best offending. Uh, I, I'm actually not sure. I mean, there, there, there was, you know, and, and I mean, you know this too, that you can use the sideline almost as an extra defender. You don't need to overcommit as much as the, the defender did, but it was yeah. good for Campbell. And, Absolutely. And, and he was, defense, uh, you know, a lot yeah. of players in that position would have just, you're on the end line. They would have tried to win a corner. He was right. in a tight proximity. He didn't have much going for him in that exact moment. So to be able to pull that out in that tight space and, you know, obviously a fantastic finish by him. He started the play. It was a simple play. It was a give and go great uh, ball through by Sissoko. And then again, he just created magic on that end line. So definitely props to him. That was a fantastic play. Fantastic finish. Ottawa looked uh, frustrated throughout. Now in their defense, uh, there, there was a play speaking of Poku where he probably could have been flagged and, um, probably should have been a PK. It wasn't, but this is where teams with a little more experience maybe don't let that moment get to them as much as Ottawa did because they just unraveled after that second one. Yeah, it was very clear that Ottawa was struggling with that call. They obviously were in the ref's face, but it was their fouls after that that started to show their frustration. They were just diving in. They were really not thinking about winning the ball. It was more so just to kind of prove a point it looked like. Um but to their defense, I do give Ottawa props. I thought that they really stuck it through. It's very difficult as a player, especially when you do have a moment like that and it doesn't go your way and it could have been a game changer. It would have been tied if they had scored. Um, so I do understand the frustration from their end. Obviously, it's hard to play in a one nothing game, let alone a 2 nothing game, let alone a 3 nothing game, and obviously a 4 nothing game. So I do give them props. They did keep fighting. Um, for me, Bassett really stood out. Um, I also thought... Uh, tabla stood out a lot he created a lot of issues um but again props to them they did they did a lot for how the game turned out yeah there was two names we've mentioned already uh borges and bassett now bassett had the turnover um that led to the i believe it was the opening goal borges jumped and intercepted Uh, i can't remember if it was the first or, or second goal Borges, I don't know that he was that noticeable offensively. He did get an assist on a third goal. We'll get to that in a bit. But, and you pointed this out as we were talking, Borges was, it's not often, like when you think of Borges being noticeable, it's usually because he's creating chances, but he was noticeable all over the field. Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me about Borges today was 
yes, he did struggle a little bit um, in regards to finishing his chances, but that happens. Uh, you know, every forward will tell you there's those games you just can't quite finish it. But he was very active in the attack. I thought he was involved in the majority of the plays that, you know, something great came out of. Um, but he was also very noticeable defensively. I, I did notice him um, getting behind the ball and, you know, he won a few uh, to, again, start the transition play on that first goal Um quickly got behind the ball, played it to Becker, and Becker was able to go forward and create that quick transition that led to a goal. So yeah, Borges was definitely, again, not his cleanest performance, I would say, but I do think he stood out in a different way because his work ethic today was was definitely up there. Yeah, and they were definitely causing some difficulties for Ottawa, who yeah. they got booked three times in that first half, three uh, yellows. And actually, Carl uh, Hayworth, midfielder for Ottawa, spoke post-match, and he talked about Forge just coming out more ready and also uh, his club getting frustrated at the lack of chances. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we let emotion kind of get the best of us today, um, especially kind of halfway through that first half. Um, we were down, things weren't going our way on the field, and I guess we took out our frustrations, um, whether in some tackles or with the referee. And yeah, that, that, that can't happen. For a team of, of our quality, uh, we need to do our talking on the field with our play. Um, and and not like that. So that's something we can learn on, um, especially for like the the older guys on the team. We we've got to be better in those moments. Um, lead by example. Um, sure, it was it was frustrating. It really was. Um, but yeah, we just got to be better in those moments. All right. So Forge goes into halftime with a two goal lead, uh, and you and I were talking during the match, and you were wondering what version of Forge was going to come out in that second half because. And we were talking about two goal leads, maybe kind of expand on that. Yeah. Oftentimes I've had, I've had arguments with people about this, you know, oftentimes people think that having a one goal lead is an atrocious lead to have. And obviously it is, um, you know, that one goal and they're back in the game, you're tied. But oftentimes when you have a two goal lead, a lot of teams seem to sit back, they become comfortable with the lead and they get themselves into trouble. So I've been a part of teams that, you know, you get that second goal and they keep hustling to the point that, well, whatever got them to get those two goals, they're able to keep that going consistently throughout the game. Forge was able to do that, which is fantastic, where some teams are, they'll take you know their foot off the gas, they won't be going in full throttle, they become comfortable, and they have one slight slip up. It just takes one little mistake or one little foul that now you have a PK, and now it's 2-1 and the team's back in the game. The momentum shifts, and now you feel like you're on your heels. Even though you have that one goal advantage, it, again, takes such a little thing to you know, catch you off guard, and there you go. Now they're back in the game. Now you're losing. Now you're tied. You never know. So oftentimes with a two-goal lead, it's very interesting to see the team's character come out, and I think Forge really showed their character by coming out and scoring two more goals and not just stopping at that two-goal mark. Let's hear from Bobby because the uh, Forge head coach talked about their mentality going into the second half. That was the biggest thing to to what we did today. Even when we went up, we didn't change. Sometimes teams have a tendency, you go up to nothing, you drop a little bit and, and concede. And the message also at halftime was, you know, this is a team that's wants to turn this game around in, in Ottawa. And they can. It's 45 minutes of football. This is, you know, everyone's playing for a little bit of pride here and being at the top for two or three days as it works in our league because of all these games in hand and different things going on. Um, but we knew that uh, getting those goals up in 2-0, that changed the dynamic of the game. They were going to have to come out a little bit. I thought maybe they'd come out a little bit more out of uh, out of the shell in the second half, and uh, they didn't. And we actually took advantage of it a little bit more. 
Yeah, so there you hear, like like you said, Jess, that they, they made a point to say we're 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 not going to sit on this lead and we're going to continue to attack. And Forge is one of those clubs, and Bobby's talked about this as well. When they go up and they're playing these more defensive teams, now that they know that that team has to push a little more and, and break their shape, Forge likes to capitalize on that and, and go forward and actually try to beat them on some of the counters. So they're not thinking protect the lead. I'm sure Bobby agrees with what you said. The, the two goal lead isn't necessarily safe, and in fact, I, Jess, you're, you're on you're on your game tonight because <laughs> um, Ottawa coach Carlos Gonzalez talked about this. It wasn't the second goal that broke Ottawa. He thought that it was the third goal. It's the fact that Forge added to that two goal lead that completely just just stopped them in their tracks. The third goal killed us totally. Uh, it was a goal that was like, yeah, we were there. If we scored one goal, we were in the game. Uh, we went out with a, di- with a different rhythm than the first half. I felt that the first 10 minutes un- until the, the third, third goal, we, we changed our, our phase and, and, and we went for the game. But this third goal killed us. It's totally, I agree with you. But, uh, you know, uh, once you receive the, the third goal, it's like everything starts to to go down and and the reality is that you start to think think more in other things. Uh, and that goal, that third goal is from Taryn Campbell in the 52nd minute Borges uh, with the assist. So Taryn Campbell with a couple of goals showed off all all his all of his skill sets tonight. I, again, I, I've said it earlier. You think of him as more of a target guy, but he did a little bit of everything. His, his and, header uh, finish here's what, was very. He showed his target it, skills there. That was a great. That was a typical right. number nine finish. Great finish. Um, very clean. So yeah, he definitely showed his yeah. striker abilities. All right, and here here's Taryn Campbell post match. Yeah, it was uh, it was a big game for us. Uh, we knew coming today uh, we had uh, games in hand, so. We got to win today. We could go top of the table with that. Um, so it was just a big game for us, and we were all ready for it. And we came out with uh, intensity, and we stuck to our game plan of just playing football, and the things will come, uh, the goals will come for us. So eventually they did, and it uh, turned out our way today. All right, so, I mean, the story of the match, one team finished their opportunities, and the other did not. Forge with uh, four shots on target, four goals. Ottawa, four shots on target, zero. Tristan Henry made some made a couple of really big saves um but outside of that i was surprised to see that ottawa had 14 attempts yeah it i don't know if that surprises it, it, you no i mean it definitely didn't seem like there there had been 14 attempts that's probably because of the 14 only four were on goal but um i think that goes a lot like that shows how well forged did defensively tonight one of the things that i noticed is obviously yes they were very dominant in the attack but they had numbers behind the ball and mm. it's very difficult to break down a team that has numbers around you, um, trying to find those gaps. It seemed like every first, if they didn't win the first ball, they were winning the second ball. And if you've ever played soccer, you know that your coach will be on you. If you don't win the first ball, you have to win the second ball. You can never let the other team um, get to it first because that can, you know, come and, and bite you. So they definitely did a great job at defensively. And I think that shows with Ottawa's lack of great chances. And the great defense was on display because it led to the fourth and final Forge goal in the 76th minute. Noah Jensen, uh, his third of the season for someone who doesn't play a ton of minutes and hasn't had a ton of starts, uh, being the young player that he is. He has three goals on the season. David Chouanier, who came in as a substitute uh, with the assist. 
So at this point, it's 4 nothing. But that fourth goal, and you, you mentioned defense, because I, 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 I wrote this down. The whole sequence was um, Ali Bassett tries to, to take Alex one and one uh, one-on-one, Ashton Yodianson. Alex steals it from him. All of a sudden, it's a long ball to, to Welshman, who holds off the defender. He gets it to Becker, who gets it to Schwanier, who, who then gets it to Jensen. So to your point, it started with a great defensive effort, and then it, it led to a goal. So the entire match maybe could have been summed up in that one sequence. Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, Forge did a great job in catching Ottawa in transition, and you know it led to a couple other goals. So yeah, props to them offensively, defensively today. I, I would say overall they had a really solid match, and, and it shows in the result. You know, in all the, the positive positivity for Forge, um, one thing that'll get overlooked, it was a rare, quiet match for Wubens Pasias. Uh, he came into the match, it was a four-game scoring streak, six goals in four matches. Uh, he was a little a little quieter this match, and instead it was time for kind of Campbell to, to step into the spotlight. Yeah, it shows the depth that Forge has in their front line. Obviously, Pasias, it wasn't his match, and to his defense, it is difficult when you are being watched. Obviously, he's had fantastic matches leading up to this. He's been scoring goals, so obviously Ottawa probably had a game plan to shut him down, and, and they and they did. He he was very quiet today. Um, obviously, didn't you know capitalize on that one opportunity he had early on. That could have the header. Yeah, it. he had that early header. He missed. Yeah, but that, that, that could have changed it. Maybe he would have you know found some sort of spark, but. At, at the end of the day, it happens again. Um, everybody misses great opportunities, as we spoke about earlier. So I do think it shows the depth that they have. Obviously, today was Campbell's match. He was able to step up, and it freed up space for him since um, Pasias was maybe the center of attention in the sense of they needed to shut him down, and, and they tried to do that, and that freed up Campbell to be able to, you know, work his magic like he did today. So, Yeah. And uh, Bobby also spoke about the uh, the versatility up front and some of the depth with with uh, Campbell stepping up. So we have an interesting uh, situation. We have a guy in uh, Pasias who's uh, scoring goals and is excellent and in form. And we've got a guy, Taron Campbell, who can uh, equally do the same thing and score goals. Uh, and sometimes you look at different ways of, of getting guys in the lineup and maybe wanting to be a little bit more vertical in our movements um, going forward. Uh, the decision was made to play Terran in that area. You know, it's somewhere where over his time in the CPL, he's actually done a very good job um, playing off the uh, off the outsides and, and cutting in. And we know he can do it well. And I think it gave us a little bit of that edge we wanted in this game to get in behind, make more diagonal runs um, forward. And again, be a little bit more forceful to to the goal. You know, two things we knew is we needed to run at them and having his left foot cutting in, you know, that's that first goal. He does an excellent job with it. And then uh, finding uh, back post balls and uh, that's goal number two. So it's kind of works out sometimes uh, the way you look at it. So we're happy for that and uh, another excellent day. And if he can keep on scoring and so far, I think it's uh, three games he's uh, scored all his goals in, uh, two goals per game. We'll take two goals per game whenever he can get them. Uh, the general feeling from Ottawa post-match, Carl Hayworth, uh, midfield, we, we've heard from him once, but he added that he thought Forge had this match circled on the calendar because because they've been able to take points out of Forge um, twice they've played this year. There was a draw and there was an Ottawa win. So Forge was looking to at least get those three points back they lost at home. And the consensus from Ottawa was just that one team showed up ready to play and that was Forge. Yeah, definitely. The result was even more impressive considering they've had a quick turnaround between matches, three right. matches, eight days. That's an extremely hard turnaround for your body, mm-hmm. um, even mentally as an athlete. So you definitely need to prepare for both those things physically and mentally. So I would have to agree. I think Forge came into this with 
a better mentality. They really wanted it. And it showed, it, it definitely showed in the result. Yeah. And Forge also had some, they had some flight issues uh, midweek. In fact, Bobby, t- and actually we'll, we'll play that clip because I thought it was interesting. Bobby Smirniotis, um, it was a question about Kyle Becker and he, we didn't even mention Becker much, but he, I think it's because it's almost expected at this point. He just plays in your perfect game. Um, and Bobby was asked about Becker's worth and then talked about the fact that Becker wasn't really expected to even play in this match. Sometimes we wonder where he gets the energy, to be honest. We've come out of a game in Calgary where, you know, our flight got delayed. We stayed there an extra day, got in back into Toronto late uh, the next day. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, he's probably not going to start for us tonight. And uh, there he is. He gets his uh, engine going, changes the oil, and uh, he's out there doing what he does. And that's what's so important for him. And I, and I always say this, on the ball, it's it's easy to see what he does so well, but it's sometimes a little bit off the ball. Um, you know, what he's doing is work great. And then, you know, he's just contagious to the rest of the team. And I think that's important in, the, in, a, in, a, in a group. Uh, it doesn't give an excuse to any one of the other players uh, when you have this guy who's consistently been doing it now for three, three and a half years and is the hardest guy on himself when it's not going well uh, out there. So, yeah, he was uh, fabulous tonight. I thought a lot of guys were very good all around the park and just uh, stuck with the ideas of what we wanted to do in the game plan. And that's what it is. You know, we, we try and give them all the guidance in the week and then they come here and it's about execution. And today they executed all right, so Forge now in their last five matches, five and zero, outscoring their opponent sixteen to three, which is <laughs> remarkable. And uh, they have wins over Atletico, Calvary, and Valor. So those are the clubs that they are battling for playoff positioning. They're in first place right now, thirty-two points. They are tied with Pacific, but they played two less matches. So Forge is in a great spot. Uh, we're past the midway point now. Home fields, Jess. If you, you finish first, you get home field, you get a home match in the, the semis and the championship. And these are one game. These aren't like two-legged uh, matchups. So home field's huge, yeah. huge in this league. So finishing first guarantees you that. Yeah, home field advantage is massive, especially in, in big games. Um, having those fans behind you, you're already pumped. You already got the adrenaline. And then to have all those fans behind you cheering for you is just makes it that much better, especially when you get the win. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's always a little nicer. All yeah. right. So Forge now has some time off after they played so many matches in so many days. So they are in action again Saturday at home and uh, they will be taking on HFX Wanderers. All right, Jess, I think we're done. I think we did it. We did it. All right. We did it. Match in review. Keep it locked onto the Forge Audio Network. Plenty more coming up uh, midweek. Focus on Forge behind the beard. And we'll preview the matchup more in-depthly against Halifax. This has been Match In Review with Anthony Ercioli on the Forge Audio Network. For the latest on all things Forge FC, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.